Plutus Sports Analytics is a company based on minimizing the uncertainty in sports betting to help you maximize your profit. Newfoundland's first sports analytics team provides daily predictions for all major league sports so you can win big. Whether you want to hit MLB picks out of the park or get a slam dunk on your NBA betting tickets, Plutus is a company of choice. Head to PlutusSportsAnalytics.com. That is P-L-U-T-U-S Sports analytics.com and use promo code JSP20 for 20% off their deadly service. And now let's get to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is uh, episode number 171, dedicated to a man who on February 3rd, 1998, became the ninth person in NHL history to score 600 career goals. Mr. Dino Cuccarelli, yet as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Mr. Harrison Fagan, Los Angeles Lakers beat writer for SB Nation, to come on and help us learn more about this year's Los Angeles Lakers basketball team. 16-6 and on the season. They won the championship last year in the bubble, and it surely looks like they're going to repeat as champions in this season. You may be somebody that before the season... He said the Lakers were my favorite to win the title, and I doubt that has changed to this point in the year. They have surely looked like and played like the best team in the NBA, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs because currently they have a 12-2 record on the season. That's on the road, not on the year, but 12-2 on the road. Road games in the playoffs, they're tough to win. There will probably be a few fans in some stadiums during the playoffs. And with the Lakers being 12-2 and right now, man, 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 man. People in the West that think that, oh, this is the Nuggets here or somebody else, watch out for L.A. They're coming to town to beat you down. So without further ado, let's go ahead and take a trip to Los Angeles, California to enjoy my fun conversation with Harrison Fagan, Los Angeles Lakers beat writer for SB Nation. And joining us here on the Jay Stevens Podcast, once again, he was on with us during the bubble when the Lakers, shortly after he was on the podcast, won the championship. Maybe he'll be good luck for Lakers, Lakers fans, him being on the Jay Stevens Podcast once again. Maybe at the end of this season, they'll win the championship again. It's Harrison Fagan, Lakers beat writer for SB Nation. Harrison, how you doing today? I'm doing well. And, you know, honestly, I hadn't thought about this stat before, but yeah, I guess the Lakers are undefeated in the finals in seasons when I go on your podcast. So like, you know, we may have to keep this, like if this keeps up, like, you know, I think I'd be irresponsible not to, you know, like if I have that much power, like if we together have that much power, like we got to keep it rolling. Got to keep it rolling. Got to keep this connection going and make sure LeBron is on the team as well. Cause it seems like him being there. (laughs) It's just like the, the train keeps on rolling. Harrison, for before we get into talk about last night's game against the Hawks and what happened there, uh, for those people listening to this podcast, they, they weren't here last time. They didn't know anything about you. Where can they connect with you via social media and also read some of your articles as well? 
Yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, same place I always am. I'm at HM Fagan on uh, H-M-F-A-I-G-E-N on Twitter. And uh, Silver Screen and Roll is where it's where I podcast. It's where, you know, I occasionally do video stuff, but not that often this year. Um, it's when it's where I do the, all of my writing, which is the majority of my, uh, you know, professional output. So, uh, yeah, I've been writing about this uh, this Hawks game and some of the things that happened in it. So for the last like, tw- like 12 to 24 hours or so. So, um, you know, I'm sure that we will have have more craziness tomorrow because that's just the kind of season it's been absolutely absolutely i look at your twitter feed right now last time you were here it was playoff fagan that was your name <laughs> over there now it's just harrison fagan what part of the season would you go back to change and have some type of creativity with your name on twitter you know, generally, like it, uh, like it just varies on if there was something that amused me that I want to allude to in current events. Like I think, uh, like a couple weeks ago, I was Aggregation Nation Harrison Fagan because okay, some okay. journalists got really mad at uh, bloggers and started calling us Aggregation Nation. I guess. Uh, and then, you know, right now my bio is not very professional at all. But uh, Celtics Twitter, someone on Celtics Twitter called me. Uh, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Go ahead. Yeah, they said that Harrison was doing a performance art for dumbasses. And uh, so that oh, wow. literally, right. I, I thought it was hilarious, honestly. And so that is just what my bio uh, says is just performance art for dumbasses, which I think, you know, sometimes can't, especially in like the last 24 hours, really has described my work. And so, um, you know, it ended up being like really uh, kind of like serendipitous and uh, like, you know, the coincidence there. Yeah, it did. Harrison, I was going to ask a different question, but we everybody knows about what happened. Um, <laughs> I think there's only one way you could start a Lakers podcast right now. Like, I don't know how to even go about asking a question or even like describing what happened. Lady, a couple ladies there on the front row started drawing. Courtside Karen was nicknamed and you get the pleasure of writing about it. Yeah, so uh, last night during the game, there was an exchange with LeBron and a couple fans. It was, so I initially thought the same thing as you. I'm like, why are those two women just yelling at LeBron? But it turned out that right before that, LeBron had been having a back and forth with uh, one of the women's husband. Uh, And so she got upset. And basically, I think she, I think she admitted that she said that she told LeBron that she would, that she would F him up, uh, but she didn't say F. And uh, like, okay, yeah, I see. You know, and LeBron said that he basically didn't think that it was anything after the game. Like, he didn't think that they deserved to be ejected, but he understood mm-hmm. why the refs did it. Like, you know, he thought that maybe they had some alcohol in them and, you know, they were trying to avoid some kind of courtside situation that could have escalated and gotten worse. Um, but yeah, like, she was upset. She claimed that LeBron told her husband to shut up. He said that he was just having an exchange with the fan. I'm pretty sure that on one of the videos, you can hear him telling the man to shut up. But we also don't know what this guy was yelling to make LeBron say that. And like, I'm guessing it was not you know, innocent or G-rated. And so, uh, like, you know, she apparently then told LeBron, told 6'9 LeBron that she would beat his ass. And uh, if you do that, it turns out right in front of referees while taking your mask down to scream it at him during a pandemic, like, you're probably going to get kicked out of an NBA game. Like, I I just, I don't feel like that's that unexpected of an outcome, but apparently for her, it was very unexpected as she was in complete disbelief that she had been thrown out for this, which like makes me wonder, like, what does she normally yell at players that made her think that this was like, she's like, what? She's like, I just, I just yelled at Solomon Hill that I would beat his ass last week and you didn't kick me out. Like, I don't know. Like, what is, like, what is she normally screaming at players that made her think that this was just chill, that she could do it? But yeah, um, you, you know, just kind of a whole crazy thing, but I guess no bands to come out of it. I guess 
against courtside money talks. And, uh, you know, the Hawks, uh, they're probably, I would imagine, somewhat limited people willing to pay courtside prices for Hawks games in regular years. And especially during a pandemic, that is probably even more the case. So, you know, look, everyone's just trying to keep their revenue streams going. I'm right. Yeah, they are. And I, I know LeBron, he came out and said that he was happy that there are fans back in the stands and he's able to have the back and forth. I know he gets that. Of course, if if any of us were on the court, no, we're not athletes. Professional athletes can't be there. But if we were, we would probably say something back as well. But I do know fans. Yeah, you're back in the stadium and I would love to see full stands, but completely understand why we're not seeing them. But at some point, you got to realize there's a line you cannot cross. And if you cross that line, you may get kicked out. And this year, the, the, the restrictions and what people can say may be less because of what's going on in our country. And, and you, I've heard Courtside Karen. Before I heard about Courtside Karen being her nickname, I heard she's a she's auditioning for the Real Housewives of Atlanta or ATL. So I've heard that I think too. A lot of people, I think a lot of people just assumed that based on her <laughs> behavior. I'm not sure that that's something that's actually out there. But look, like, I'm not going to say that she wasn't doing that. Like, you know, it, look, I, all I'm saying is if she gets like a podcast or like, you know, some kind of a, like reality TV show press release in a couple days, like, I won't be shocked. No, no, no. I wouldn't be either, man. I mean, this is what we live for. Like, as fans, when I play when I play pickup basketball, I love talking trash. If somebody's on the sidelines that's talking to me, I'll talk trash back at them. The back and forth, I like it. I know LeBron James enjoys it. And it actually gives us something else to talk about that makes basketball seem a little bit more normal than it is right now. After last night's game, how would you describe the, the way the Lakers played in the matchup against the Hawks? You know, I, I think that... Uh, yeah, I'd say mostly disinterested. Like, you know, they were not, they were clearly not operating at peak form last year and they haven't been for a lot of this year, but like they do show the flashes where you, they remind you, they're like, okay, like, you know, yeah, this team is really good. Like last night in the fourth quarter after courtside Karen said her piece, uh, you know, the Lakers went off. They went on like heading into the fourth quarter. I think they went on like 16-0 run or something like that and ended up just snatching that game from the Hawks. And so if there's one thing that I think that like, we can kind of learn from this. It's that, you know, beyond just common sense or human decency or like the rules in place to keep you from getting kicked out of your courtside seats, like, you know, just in the, in self-interest, if you want your team to win, you should not be pissing off LeBron during games because I went and I looked this up. And so like there was earlier on this road trip, LeBron kind of got into it with a Cavaliers executive. I believe it was that he was later identified as Jason Hillman. I think he's a scout. I saw that. I and, saw that. He was sitting yeah, courtside, he, right? Yeah, he celebrated okay. too loudly when LeBron missed a shot. And you see LeBron kind of look at him over at him and give him like this, okay. And then LeBron came in and I think he scored 24 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. Like he took it personally. And now on the season after that, uh, LeBron is averaging in these two games where courtside fans have given him some, or courtside people have given him some motivation. He is averaging 16 and a half points in the fourth quarter on 75% shooting. So like just, beyond all the other reasons that I listed that you should not want to piss off LeBron, just like if you want your team to win, like in all, in all other games, he's averaging 6.8 points on 42.5% shooting in the fourth, which is like, like, that's also like, that's not bad. You know, it's just a quarter, like, but he's averaging basically almost a game's worth of scoring in the fourth when teams piss him off. And so like, I would just say, you know, to anyone thinking like, hey, maybe it's a good idea for me to threaten to kick LeBron's ass for all the other reasons that's a bad idea. Just in self-interest, like you probably shouldn't do it at an NBA game or really you shouldn't do it anytime. But you know what I mean? 
Yeah, the great ones, when they're out there playing basketball, they do find a way to find different ways to motivate themselves. We heard about Michael Jordan during the last dance. We've all heard stories of Kobe Bryant. And if you go back to Magic Magic and Bird, they would find different ways to motivate themselves to score more and play harder. LeBron James is one. He'll talk about it afterwards. And we'll see it now with social media and all the cameras. If you do something to piss him off, watch out for what happens next because you probably won't like it. I've actually heard, Harrison, interesting you use the word disinterested. Because about a month ago, I was talking to a Miami Heat fan, and I was just asking him general questions. How's your how's the team season going? Um, what are your th- thoughts about the team? And he described the Lakers as a team that is kind of sleepwalking or playing like they're disinterested in this season because they know how good they are, almost in a way that they are pacing themselves. Would you say that's a good assessment of how this team has played from the beginning up until this point in the season? Yeah, it's interesting that Heat fan would say that because that's a team that I've been keeping an eye on too, just because they are really like, I mean, it's not a perfect comparison because they obviously, we saw in the finals last year, they aren't as good as the Lakers. They've had injury and COVID issues and whatever. So there are other factors and why they've underwhelmed this season. But they are a team that I've been keeping an eye on just of like, okay, where's a baseline of what we should expect from a team that went through this like 73, I think day turnaround that the Lakers, only the Lakers and heat went through because everybody else got eliminated at least like two weeks before that. And so, but you know, obviously the nuggets and like uh, the Celtics are going through like a similar kind of short turnaround. And then you go back to the second round of the playoffs and those teams are too, but there are a lot of teams that aren't going through that. And so I've kind of been just the fact that the Lakers have been able to play as well as they have while also kind of sleepwalking. Well, and then you look at the heat and again, like all that context aside, like they have not been good this year and some of that has to be from the fatigue factor and all Mm -hmm. of that so just even if the Lakers look disinterested at times even if there are times where you know we were just doing our podcast and we were talking about how uh, a lot of the times it seems like this team will kind of just look at a team and be like well how hard do we have to like how long in this game do we have to try to beat them like do we need a quarter do we need a quarter and a half like against the bulls it was like we needed two quarters you know and like like against some team it's three and you know there have been times like their game against the warriors where that came back to bite them and they ended up losing down the stretch against the pistons where they just didn't turn it on enough late you know because they were tired on the second night of that back-to-back against philly where like they probably could have played a lot better but didn't and again like Philly is the outlier there where like they really deserve to win that game and played hard throughout it. And the Lakers, you know, should have played harder, but still Philly earned that. But all of this is to say that the Lakers right now are very clearly like not operating at like their top level of effort, you know, for entire games very often, if at all, like even against the Celtics, like I thought that they played probably with the most energy they had on the road trip, but even then, like, you know, there were a couple of possessions, a couple of sequences where they were sleepwalking and kind of just going through the motions. And you can tell that they're kind of playing with their food a little bit is how I think that we've referred to it a lot. So, you know, like, look, and that's to be expected with how short of an off season they went through and you know how many veterans are on this team but the thing like when Lakers fans are freaking out after games or whatever the thing that I always tell them is like like yes they want to win these games but if you look at Frank Vogel's rotations like you look at some of the lineups that they're throwing out there some of the actions they're running how they almost never adjust their game plan based on what opponent they're playing they're very clearly just trying to build a sample size and they've admitted that they're essentially treating these games as practices like LeBron has said that Kuz has said that Frank has begrudgingly admitted that 
that. And so like, I, I think that they are very much like, like they, they aren't at the top of their game right now. And uh, which is kind of scary for the rest of the league because they've still managed to have the best defense in the NBA and assemble one of the best records. Very scary. Speaking of records, best records, not best records overall, 16 and six, but they have managed to be 12 and two in road games. Now I did go back and look at them. I think they're on a seven game road. Um, they, they just ended a seven game road trip right now, but they've yeah. had some extended road trips already. 12 and two on the road for those teams in the Western Conference. You, we've already kind of talked about it and highlighted. Yeah, they may be kind of sleepwalking. You're treating these like these like practice, but come playoff time, the Lakers they're better on they're better on the road than they are in Staples Center. Yeah, they were they were ten and zero on the road until the loss to the Sixers, and that came on a game winner, uh, like right at the end, and after like a furious comeback where they almost won it, and then ended up just like you know uh, letting one too many shots go in basically, and uh, like you know, and then they lost to the Pistons, so that, those are their two losses on the second night of a back to back, and then you know they win their next two games, so yeah, like you know, twelve and two on the road is really really good, and I, my theory on this, and uh, like talking to the players, I, I think you know, and listening to what they say and kind of reading between the lines sometimes of some of their answers my you know takeaway on this is that like the road kind of sucks and it can be mentally draining but there's literally nothing they can do and so like in a normal year you know the reason that teams lose like the reason the Lakers even during down years usually have a home court advantage or at least part of it is that it's really fun to go out in LA like during a non-pandemic and stuff like that and on the when the Lakers are on the road you know like normally that's the time when they'd be going out for team dinners they'd be going out for team other excursions and you know whatever and so like sometimes maybe if you have a late night that ends up leading to like a bad game the next game and like I think that now it's like if you can't leave your hotel room like, what are you going to do? You're just going to go to bed early. You're going to wake up. You're going to take your COVID test. You're going to take a pregame nap. Like you don't have any kids to bother you. Like nothing. Whereas like, think about right now, any of us that are home and live with other people. I don't know if you live, if you have a wife, girlfriend, significant other of any kind like, okay, well, so it's a little different than for you, but like, for me, like, you know, I love my wife, but when you're at home, like constantly with someone a lot of the time, like there are times where, you know, like temperate, she's going to get annoyed with me. I'm going to get annoyed with her. Like, you know, you're like, I'm sure for a lot of these guys, they have kids, their kids are going to drive them crazy from me talking to my friends who are parents and, you know, have kids like they're losing their minds a little bit during this whole like year. And so I'm sure it's not any different for players. And so like, there are a lot of mental stresses and, and like, you know, I'm sure they miss their families when they're on the road and stuff like that, but there's just less things that you're having to manage if you're just basically you know put in a hyperbaric chamber when you're not playing the games like you're just put in a hotel room and you can't do anything so like I think that we're basically seeing like how good could NBA teams play if they just did not have to do anything but literally play basketball they get they can play very very well and and just playing just a basketball it I know once I know when I do the pod when I do podcasts I do I host a couple of them my mentally with via zoom, it takes a whole lot of mental um, focus just to do what we're doing right now. When you don't have other things going on with you, you can focus more of your energy to mentally being prepared, watching more film and being more relaxed on the basketball court. And even though the Lakers may be sleepwalking, they do seem very, very comfortable with the new pieces that are there acclimating them into the team and from Dennis Schroeder to Montrez Harrell to Marcus Gasol, everybody, it seems like everybody is fitting in very well with the Lakers group that's playing this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there have been, obviously, as you would expect, like some level of growing pains with some of these guys. But yeah, like for all the, like Mark has become kind of, I think, like a fan favorite punching bag at times. Because look, like he's big, he's a little slow. Like when he gets blown by for a layup, you notice, you know? Like whereas like maybe, like if JaVale McGee got scored on, it's like, well, he was right there. They just made a difficult shot. Whereas like if Mark gets blown by, by a guard, it's like, oh, he's like three steps behind him now. So like when it looks bad, it looks bad. But the Lakers, like they have the best defense in the league I think it looks different there's less shot blocking it's less imposing physically like but you know they've still been really good and like you know like look Wes Matthews has been out of the rotation the last two games that's another new addition who like he's had games where he hits like seven threes and Mm -hmm. it's great and then there are games where he's not hitting his shots where he doesn't offer a lot of utility and so they've been kind of experimenting with what that looks like they've been integrating Taylor Horton Tucker who's not a new player but is new to the rotation he only played like five minutes pre-bubble last year and so like they're they're just integrating a lot of new pieces and I think that there have been that's part of like the sleepwalking and whatever right it's like if you have a lot of chemistry with guys like we see this in a lot of some of the lineups with the returners that were together last year it's like you know everyone knows where they're supposed to be everyone knows who's going to pass to who who's going to pass where whatever whereas when you're getting new guys ready you're going to be like a step slow and that's part of the natural kind of like you know, practicing and evolving and getting better process. But yeah, like so far, you know, they're better when Mark is on the floor than they are with him off. Their starters have been amazing, like in terms of net rating. And, you know, they're just like blowing teams out with that group on the floor. Schroeder is a guy who I haven't even talked about yet. Might've been their biggest offseason addition. And like, look, he started out the season like gangbusters. He's been a little slower of late, but what stayed kind of consistent is his defensive effort. And Mm -hmm. like, they really like his speed and disruptiveness on that end. He's definitely better than my impression of him was from afar uh like on that end and I think they've somewhat put him in positions to succeed and there have been games where he hasn't been good but there have been games when all the Lakers haven't been good so yeah like uh, the new additions you know I've really it's kind of added a new energy to the season it's been more of a fun puzzle I think to watch being put together than it would have been if they had just run things back and it was like yeah we know how good these guys can be we know what they all do well whereas now it's like there are things to watch for it's like how is THT fitting in what's Schroeder doing out on the court like what's up with Wes Matthews like how is Marc Gasol all these things there's new questions to be answered which is kind of fun if you were to pick one newcomer that may be your favorite to watch maybe a little bit of a scary question or maybe not, not supposed to be unbiased <laughs> but if you're if, between the guys that are um newcomers there not they made new additions to the team I know Horton Tucker was there but didn't play much new additions who is your favorite to watch in the cover so can we can we count THT? Go for it. You meant you brought okay, him up earlier. Well then Go it, for it. it. Then it's definitely THT because like you know even though again he was around last year I talked to him before like yeah. you know all this stuff like it, it's been fun getting to know his personality a little bit better and it's been fun just watching him play like one one of my favorite things and if you watch Lakers games you should look for this is like watch him without the ball because it's like a newly housebroken puppy that kind of doesn't <laughs> know what to do with themselves. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. He literally holds his hands up almost the entire possession waiting for a pass and things like that and still moves like you know he's kind of learning where he's supposed to be and all that stuff but there's just an eagerness to like okay I'm open LeBron LeBron are you gonna pass it to me and it's like the little like kind of 
disappointment when LeBron James does not, you know, decides that one of his shots is a better idea than Taylor Horton Tucker. But, um, you know, and like his arms are so ridiculously long that watching him try to finish around the rim is like an adventure in and of itself. Like he's great at getting there. He's not always great at putting the ball in the basket once he is. Like he'll sometimes overextend himself like past the rim and overshoot it and stuff like that. So he's really fun to watch in terms of like the guys that they signed or brought in this off season. Um, it's Schroeder. Like I really enjoy his intensity kind of on defense. I enjoy his speed. I enjoy that he really care he seems to care about every game in a way that not every single guy on this team does like justifiably they're recovering from a short turnaround but he really seems to have a chip on his shoulder and want to go prove that he can be a part of this mix so like even when it's not working you know he keeps playing he's playing hard on defense he doesn't let the, his shot not falling impact his effort he's trying to make an impact and like he gets mad when he's not making shots and stuff yeah. like that and it's just fun to watch a guy who really cares it, it is Alex Caruso, I'll end it with this question or this player. What makes him so impactful with the way that he impacts the offensive end and defensive end for this Lakers team? So I think that it's it's almost like he's just a guy that, and again, I'm like a basically drink uh, every time I use a cliche here, but he's a guy who understands uh, where he's supposed to be on the floor. He understands, I think in a way that is not always easy. Like this sounds like an easy thing, but it's not like, because most NBA players like look growing up, they're all the best players on their teams. And so there's always an adjustment period when it comes to like, okay, actually you're a role player now. Uh, like whereas Alex Caruso I felt like never really had that and yeah. I don't know if it was because like I don't know if there were better players on his college teams or his high school teams or whatever but he is sort of a force multiplier is the way that Pete uh, Laker Film Room likes to describe it and I think it's the best way to describe him is he's a guy who like you know we all talk about his net rating and whatever and like all this stuff like oh he's a star like he's a star in his role and he's kind of the definition of that where he's a guy that he's really good at making really, really good players look better and doing the things that help him look good alongside good players. But he's also not a guy that like you're ever going to give the ball to and have him go create a, like, you know, 10, 10, 15 shots for his team, unless you're in, you know, just a really bad position with injuries or something like that. And like, I think he just uniquely understands his role. He hustles really hard. He knows how to space the floor, how to move around, how to make himself available within like for LeBron's passes within offense, like, and on defense, you know, he just plays really, really hard and he knows how to get to he knows how to beat guys to his spots he's irritating he's deceptively strong uh and so like he just does a lot of things you know the best example of this and you know is against the celtics was the last play of the game jalen brown's running down would have had a game-winning dunk if alex caruso doesn't sprint full yeah. speed down the court chase jalen brown like down catch him despite starting behind him and like you know kind of break up that play to force the celtics into a much what was much worse shot that's basically a game-winning defensive play and like he just does little stuff like that that really makes a difference he does consistently. I know you have hashtag Lake Show. I know a lot of Lakers fans will say Alex Caruso with an S-H-O-W at the end of his name. He's fun to watch. And as someone from the outside looking in, that doesn't really follow the Lakers game by game by game. He's a player that is very, very easy to enjoy watching him play. And he could easily be a fan favorite. Harrison, this has been fun. Um, do you have any lasting comments about this Lakers team looking forward, um, how they played so far? Anything else we haven't covered that you want to drop and just leave us with? No, I mean, I think the main thing to know about this Lakers team is like, while yes, they sleepwalk at times, like they're still really, really good. And so if their record does start to tail off at some point here, like just remember that like, you know, le like let's not discount them 
because of that or start to talk about like that they're not the title favorites or something or like you know let us trick ourselves into overthinking this like they are right now the best team in the NBA they could be beaten but like you know we've seen that when they have it rolling like I'm just not sure that anyone can stop them in a seven game series I really don't think so a lot of Brooklyn Nets fans would would say, "Oh, we can beat the Lakers." I don't think the Nets defense is. Yeah, up let me see them sign like up. a center that can play in the NBA in 2021. <laughs> like you know, like like yeah. But I mean that that's kind of where I'm at with the Nets. I'm right there with you, man. Harrison, this has been fun. If you could once again let people know where they can connect with you via social media, then where they can also read uh, a lot of your work as well. Yeah, so just like I said at the beginning of the show, just ch- check out silverscreenandroll.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at H-M-F-A-I-G-E-N, at H-M-Fagan. And, you know, as Jay said, I change my name sometimes, but, you know, the app is always the same. That is true. Harrison Fagan, thanks so much for coming back on the Jay Stevens Podcast. Lakers, they're a lot of fun to watch. A lot of the season is left. Um, possibility of an all-star game, not sure. But looking forward to watching the Lakers, especially when the playoffs start, to see how they turn up the heat on their opponents. Harrison, thank you so much for coming back on the Jay Stevens Podcast. Happy to do it anytime, man. It doesn't matter if it's courtside Karen, the gentleman that worked for the Cavs that was sitting courtside that started clapping very, very hard, or somebody else that is sitting courtside that is talking trash to LeBron, LeBron James finds a way to allow that to fuel him and propel him to play even harder so they have nothing to say. LeBron James, one of the best players in NBA history. You can't deny that. You can't fight that. And even in this year, I believe he's, what, 36, 37, maybe 38 years old. I have lost track of his age. But one thing I can't lose track of is how good that man is playing and how he is having this Lakers team play this year. Year Best team in the NBA in my estimation, in my assessment, maybe that'll change throughout the season as the season progresses. But from what I have seen, it's going to take a lot, a somewhat maybe heroic performance from someone to derail and to push this Lakers team to have more losses and for them to not win a series in the playoffs. Before the season, I wasn't sure who was going to be my front runner and my pick to win the champion. But as of right now, Your boy is going with the Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to and enjoying another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 171 of the Jay Stevens Podcast. I will see you next time.